to be honest, something's really been getting to me lately about the church in the United States. And I kind of wanted to take a minute to talk about it right now on John Not Quite Calvin. Hello, welcome back to John Not Quite Calvin. I am, of course, your host, the one and only John Not Quite Calvin. So yeah, like I said uh, at the beginning of this intro, there's something about the church in the United States that really has been bothering me. And unfortunately, it's something that's really widespread and we haven't really been able to move past and move away from. And to be honest, it's a culmination of a lot of the stuff that I've talked about on my blog and I've talked about on this podcast. But to be honest, it's just been it's been really getting to me lately. And it's not what everybody is talking about. In fact, nobody seems to be actually talking about it. But it appears that we are too fixated on appearances in one way or another. And it's really gotten to the point where, to be honest, I'm kind of tired of it, you know? Like, I find it really hard to talk about this and to try to approach this in a way that comes off as unbiased, as biblical, and as straightforward as I usually try to put these things because to be honest, like the, the issues that are coming about are kind of personal and it's uh, there's to be honest, there's a lot of feeling behind some of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about. But the thing is that I'm really getting sick of the fact that the church in the United States is really all about appearance. That's all it is anymore. Like, we're not caring about the biblical messages anymore. We're not caring about people anymore. We care about numbers. We care about the culture. We care about being relevant. We care about being cool. But we don't care about the human being that's sitting in the pew. And it's something that's actually affecting almost every church in the United States, if I'm just being honest. And it's really starting to get to me. Like just, just being completely honest, it's really starting to get to me and I'm starting to get really sick of it. So I've talked about it multiple times. The biggest issue in the United States is really biblical illiteracy. But to be honest, like if, if I really put something as like the second it would really be that we're fixated on appearance. We're really, really fixated on appearance. And it's not just the, the, the bad church. It's not just the worldly churches. It's not just churches like elevation. It's not just liberal churches. It's traditional churches too. And the thing is that we really have lost the individual. We've really lost what it means to be, a church that makes disciples that make other disciples. And we've also lost what it means to be a church of human beings in a fallen world. And I'm, I'm just, I'm fed up. 
I'm fed up with it and I'm tired of it. And to be honest, it's, it's caused a lot of issues in my life recently. So I, I just, let me, let me try to explain what I mean by being fixated on appearance and some, some examples, not just from things that are going on in my life, but things I've just seen and things that I think that you guys would really be able to easily identify as well if you paid attention to what's actually been going on. So, yeah, <clears throat> appearances. Yeah, that's really been something that we were fixated on. So, like, the, the clearest example would be, like, with the liberal churches. You know, they're very fixated on being relevant, being modern, being uh, cool and so like they, they literally will fixate on like the the look and all the buildings look the same the pastors look the same they all dress a certain way i'm not just talking though about like physical appearance you know it, it's it's not just about like what you're wearing it's not just about like what you know what you appear to be on sunday but it's it's a lot of other things going on as well so like, yeah, we could we could point out like the things that are going on with the with churches on the left, but it, you know it, it, it's equally happening with churches on the right. If if we're just being honest, so there there is something to be said about appearance, like what what you look like and how you dress on Sunday. But the thing is that churches aren't just uh, aren't just paying attention to like what you're what you're doing on Sundays. You know, like, I'm not the type to be like, you know, you have to wear like a certain thing on Sunday in order to be properly worshiping or anything. But there is like something to be said about being dressed uh, in a way that is respectable. Because you are going to church to worship God. So it is kind of one of those things. But the, the thing is that what I mean is, if you appear to be a certain way, you're more accepted in the church. And if you're different, it's harder for them to accept you. And I'm not talking about like we need to accept sinful lifestyles and things like that. I'm, I'm not saying that. Like if somebody it looks exactly like the world, you know, there is something to be said about that. What I mean is... In the church in the United States, there's some things that just aren't acceptable. And it's unacceptable to have people who appear to be struggling a certain way, suffering a certain way, or doing certain things. Now, what do I mean by this? I've gone to a church for a number of years now. And I've been involved with Christian ministry since pretty much I became a Christian. I joined a Bible study literally, literally like I was in a Bible study the moment bef like before I became a Christian, I was in a Bible study and then I came home and I was involved with a Bible study for a long time ministering to people. And the thing is that I didn't realize what had happened to cause me to be burned out in that ministry. But now I've kind of come to realize that it really was we were, they were folks, they were fixated on keeping up appearances. And because I didn't meet the mold of what they wanted, 
I no longer was accepted. There are certain things in the church in the United States that are acceptable to struggle with. There are certain things in the church in the United States that are acceptable to do and are acceptable to act as a certain way and be a certain way. There are certain things that are acceptable for you to be, and there are certain things that you are not acceptable to be. And the thing is that what I'm talking about isn't even something sinful. Okay? Like, I understand that it's unacceptable to be, say, somebody involved in the sex industry. It's wrong to be involved in homosexuality. It's wrong to be involved in things that promote anti-biblical ideas and anti-biblical behaviors. I understand that. But there are some things where we just don't know how to deal with people. And it's because of a lack of understanding of psychology, a lack of empathy in the members, and a lack of time taken and compassion. Because the thing is that there are things that are easily accepted that are just as questionable and can be just as argued against as for. When it comes to the conservative evangelical side, there are things that are acceptable quickly that honestly kind of bother me. I go to a church and to just put it bluntly, there are some members and pastors that I have had issues with in the past. Not like a personal issue. I don't hate these people. I don't really have a problem with them. What I mean by issues is we don't really see eye to eye. And there have been times that it's been, it. I haven't felt very heard. I haven't felt very empathized with. And I haven't felt very cared for. Or heard out. So let's just get into a couple of the things here. Board games. There are certain games that are acceptable to play as a Christian. And there are certain games that are not acceptable to play as Christians. And honestly, I don't understand why. But... Telling somebody that you're interested in board games is a great way to get stared at like you've grown a third head. <laughs> just just being honest. And it's because of appearances. And there's certain things that just aren't acceptable in Christianity. Like, I understand, like, playing games that are not suitable for work and stuff like that. Games that promote, like inappropriate behavior, sexual innuendos and stuff like that. Like Cards Against Humanity, I can get it. I can understand it. But the thing is that it almost feels like if you're going to play board games and be a Christian, you have to play the classic board games. You have to play the games that belong in the old folks' home. And you can't play some of these newer games for some reason. Like, it's it's just about appearances. 
like the moment I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I, I really like playing board games and stuff. And they're like, oh, you mean like Scrabble? You like playing Scrabble? You like playing this? You like playing that? And I'm like, no, I actually like playing games. Like uh, one of the games I really like to play is uh, uh, Pandemic. It's a cooperative game and things like that. And I also like playing uh, Captain Sonar. It's a submarine warfare game. And uh, I like playing Small World which is a game that you are trying to conquer the map. It's like Risk, but you have like fantasy characters and stuff like that. And the moment you mention like fantasy characters, they're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's okay to like like Lord of the Rings, but it's not okay to like Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing. You know, like Dungeons and Dragons is a huge no-no for a lot of Christians for some reason. And the thing is that I, I think that Dungeons and Dragons gets a really bad rap because people don't actually understand what Dungeons and Dragons actually entails and actually encourages. Okay. You know, it's like, uh, it's like Harry Potter. Remember, like there's, there's this huge movement that's like, Ooh, Harry Potter is a big no, no. And all of a sudden it was just like, fine. It was kind of acceptable, but Dungeons and Dragons has continued to be one of those things that just, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable to like Dungeons and Dragons. Even though Dungeons and Dragons is literally just a role-playing game. Where you play fanta you know, you play characters of fantasy going on an epic quest, and it's about cooperation, team building, and mutual trust. Okay, like if you actually get right down to it, that's what Dungeons and Dragons is. And they're like, well, there's magic. And there's this and there's that, and it encourages you to do these things. No, it really doesn't. Like the, the spell casting and stuff like that. Yeah, there's characters that are like wizards and stuff like that. But it's not going out and being like, this is something that you can definitely do in real life. And we highly encourage it. And we use real spells. They don't. Like the spells that they're using is like, I would like to cast my shield. And they have to roll dice in order for the shield to happen. Like it's, it's a game of chance. Oh, it's a game of chance. It's like gambling. No, it's not. It's... It's like if you played Yahtzee, okay? Like, Yahtzee is acceptable. Dungeons and Dragons is not. So, you know, you tell people you play board games. Prepare to have to really explain yourself and your Christianity very quickly. Like, that's just unacceptable. Because it, it just, it appears wrong. It appears evil. Even though, like, really the backlash that happens because of Dungeons and Dragons is, like, from the, the chick tracks. Uh, and the man clearly had never played Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons. He never really understood what Dungeons and Dragons was actually about. Yes, you can get really fixated on it and it can take you years and years and people can have like an unhealthy obsession, but that's true with anything else. That's true with people like at Renaissance fairs, you know, like, that's true with, with a lot of different things, but Dungeons and Dragons is just a game. If you read the rules, like, yeah, you can get really, really into it, but otherwise it, it can be a pretty simple game and a pretty fun game. It's just telling a story, going on a quest with your friends in a safe environment. And and the thing too is like, you can base it off of Lord of the Rings. Like, that's the thing, like... <laughs> Lord of the Rings is perfectly acceptable to Dungeons and Dragons is not like Lord of the Rings, which is something that was written by a man who was Catholic, perfectly acceptable 
Narnia, perfectly acceptable, written by C.S. Lewis, who's actually, you know, if you really get into the weeds, can be a bit controversial, but Narnia is perfectly fine. And that has trolls, and it has mystical, you know, mythical characters. Same thing with Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings actually incorporates mythology from a lot of different religious stuff in it, which is part of the reason that, like, a lot of atheists and stuff have a hard time finding the, the Christian themes in it. But Lord of the Rings is perfectly acceptable. You can spend four hours watching a Lord of the Rings movie, but play play Dungeons and Dragons for two hours a week, and heaven forbid, you can't be a Christian. The other thing is, like, humor, I've noticed. Like, if you have a certain sense of humor, it's completely unacceptable to have. Like, dark humor is very unacceptable for a Christian to have very unacceptable going back to board games there's a game called gloom that i play with my friends and in order to play it and really enjoy it you have to have a bit of a dark sense of humor i'm talking like a series of unfortunate events kind of humor where it's like oh tragic things happen but in a fun in a funny way you know understanding that the world is a dark place and having a sense of humor about it completely unacceptable completely unacceptable you know like if if you make jokes that are a bit dark or you enjoy things that have a bit of darkness to it completely unacceptable in in the christian circle but if you have boomer humor it's perfectly fine complaining about your wife complaining about the old ball and shame and how your life is completely miserable because of your wife perfectly acceptable i just miss being able to hang out with the boys but my wife doesn't understand oh like a boomer sense of humor is perfectly acceptable in conservative christianity but try to tell a dark joke and oh you are the devil the devil i say Seriously, like, and I'm, I'm being completely honest. Like, if you like anything that's a little dark in this world, you are not Christian. Because we are to be the light. Yet we can't, un- we, we can't be realistic about, like, where we are. We can't have a sense of humor about, like, where we are. Really? And it's like, you know, speaking of darkness and stuff like that, you know, like you want to, you want to get looked at, like you say that you abort puppies and eat their innards. Tell somebody in a Christian church that, that you like movies and reading horror books. Oh, oh. The devil is among us. And it's in the form of John Not Quite Calvin. He likes watching horror movies and and making fun of them. He oh he he reads scary stories. Oh the devil. His name is John Not Quite Calvin. Seriously? (laughs) 
Like, if I'm just being honest, there are things in this world that are scary. And horrifying. You know, like, just, just being honest, like, why do I like thriller movies? Most thriller movies that I like actually have to do with the fact that, like, like, human insanity. Like, it can happen. You know, like, for instance, the movie Unhinged. Part of the reason I liked that movie is because it could really happen. Some guy comes off of his meds and becomes kind of homicidal. Gets a hold of your cell phone and starts hunting down your friends because you didn't put a password on it. It could happen. It's really out there and it's really crazy and it's scary to think about, but it could happen. Movies like that are unacceptable. The universal monster movies are still unacceptable in a lot of cases in Christian churches. Even though these monsters don't exist. You know, but it's it's thinking about these themes and it's understanding like human fear and mythology. Mythology comes from a place of human fear and trying to understand human fear is heaven forbid, don't do that. Like with 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 being a Christian. Can't have that. Having a dark sense of humor and enjoying the macabre enjoying the dark and twisted things of this world. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. It just doesn't look right. It just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't look right. It's, it's a bad look. Tell somebody that you like comic books. Oh, unacceptable. Unacceptable. But do you know how many people have read books like The Shack? Do you know how many people have read books like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey? Do you know how many people have read these like really lewd and disgusting books in the church? That's that's more acceptable. That's more acceptable in the church in the United States. The Shack is one of the most horribly and blasphemous books written in a long, long time. But a lot of people in the church in the United States have read that book and make excuses for that book. But, you know, heaven forbid that I try to understand humans through fear and get a little bit of a thrill from the unexplainable and impossible it's about appearances i tried to explain to somebody once that i read theology books and they looked at me with approval and then they were like okay well like what else do you like to read other than theology books, because obviously, you know, we're humans and stuff like that. And I was like, well, you know, I also like to read my Bible and I also read, uh, I also read fiction books and they're like, oh, like Lord of the Rings. No, no, like I, I, I was just reading a, a horror book, actually. Oh, horror. Oh, why, why would, why would you read that? Because I like the feeling of thrill from the impossible. 
I like diving in and understanding like what some people think is going on in the invisible world. You know, it's interesting reading horror with a theological lens. Understanding horror through a theological lens. I did that in October. Notice. Humans are curious creatures. Because we have a sense of the unknown. We have a sense of the supernatural. There is a supernatural world out there. Don't be mistaken. There are things that don't exist. You know, that, that we've, we've made stories of. Monsters, vampires, werewolves, things that go bump in the night and things like that. But there are demons out there. There are different things out there. And I'm not saying that you should read a horror book and use it as an instruction manual. No, usually horror books are stories of what not to do. But it's curious to look at and see how some people try to understand God and the supernatural through horror and through mythology. Like, if you really think about it, horror really is mythos, and at some point it probably will become some sort of anthropology. If you think about it, like you tell somebody that you study Greek mythology or Roman mythology and stuff like that, and you're a scholar, tell them that you do that with like modern things and the it's unacceptable. Tell somebody that you watch movies, and if you tell them that it's not that it's rated something higher than PG, and it's like you told them that you direct and star in porn. Told somebody that I actually liked reading comic books and wanted to write a comic book one day. And they were like, oh, like the action Bible? Well, no, like a, like a fantasy story. You know, I'm, I'm actually an author. Um, I do have a lot of ideas, like fantasy ideas, and uh, I want to tell stories. Oh, you mean like, like, Pilgrim's Progress? No, no, not really like Pilgrim's Progress. Like, I just have story ideas in my head and I'd like to write them down. And I'd like other people to be able to enjoy them. Well, what's the point in that? You're leading people astray. You're leading people to, to hell if you're doing that. I've actually had somebody tell me that. Write a, write a fiction book just for the sake of entertainment and, and you are the devil. Never mind, it might be something that you're gifted with. You know, you make somebody feel like they're cursed because they have ideas and they want to write them down for other people to enjoy. And you're shunned from the Christian community even though you do a theology podcast and blog and you take things very seriously and you read your bible and you want to be involved in ministry tell somebody that you want to write fantasy books are you really a christian john not quite calvin are you truly saved i think there may be need for for incredible disciplining in your life.
if you don't appear to church every single week, they start questioning you. Never mind, you might have some uh, health issues. You might have some things that have just gone wrong in your life. You know? Nobody tries to understand that anymore. Just because you, you don't have your butt in a seat on Sunday. Every Sunday. They start acting like you're not a Christian anymore. And you don't take the faith very seriously. Never mind the fact that you were actually tortured for years, like literally tortured and went through severe amounts of abuse. Never mind. You may be a little uncomfortable with people because people, especially people who claim to be Christians have constantly shown themselves to be not just hostile, but outright honestly, just evil towards you abusive towards you i love my church and i love christians and i love god but there are still sinners in the church and there are people that have hurt me who claim to be christians there are people i have met who are not christians claim to be christians and are more accepted as christians than i am and what I mean by the fact that they're not Christians, they don't believe the Bible is true. They don't believe that Jesus means what he says. They don't believe that what God calls sin is actually sin, and they think that everything is up to interpretation. They believe that the entire world and all of theology revolves more around them than about God. I'm talking about those kind of people. The kind of people who do not live their lives as Christians, yet they have the ability to show up to church on every single Sunday. They go to a Bible study to argue about what the Bible says for an hour every week, even though they don't believe a word that it actually says or applies it to their life. When you meet them in private settings, they are extremely inappropriate. They are grotesque. They are lewd and they are crude. They are harsh and they cause division. And they're more interested in causing drama and gossip than about spiritual growth in other people's lives. Those are the kind of people I'm talking about, and they are more accepted as Christian than I am. Why? Because I cannot sleep. I have, an, I have actual, like, crippling insomnia that I've been trying to get treated for about a decade now. I have horrendous and horrible nightmares. I have experienced things in my life that I don't want to delve into with my pastor when they're looking at me, like, because I didn't sit in a seat, I'm not a Christian and I don't believe the Bible that I have read multiple times, have a podcast about that they don't listen to, even though I told them about it, and a blog that I have written for three years that they also have not read because they don't care to understand who I am as a person. Rather, they would like to stare at me and they would like to judge me and treat me like I'm a horrible human being and a horrible Christian because I have a hard time waking up on Sunday because I have not slept for an entire week. And it has been like this for a decade. There are things in the church in the United States that are unacceptable. 
and one of the things is having any sort of psychiatric issue. There, there are certain issues that you cannot have. There are certain diseases that you cannot have in the church in the United States. Mental health continues to be something that is not just ignored, but is outright under attack by a lot of people in the Christian church. I have listened to multiple sermons about how horrible it is and how I'm being lied to when I'm told that I have clinical depression, and that's really just a faith crisis. That it's wrong for me to have sought medication, treatment, and therapy for things that I have experienced in my life that have affected my mental health. We do not understand psychology in the church in the United States. It becomes a faith issue and a faith crisis when you seek help from a mental health institution. It's wrong to claim that you have depression and anxiety. It's wrong to claim that you have PTSD, even if you weren't in the military. The few people, the few pastors that I have told about my PTSD always immediately assumed that it was just from my military service. Even though I was under the hands of an extremely abusive narcissist on both sides of my family, by the way, my parents are divorced and I was under the hands of two narcissistic people for well over a decade. That couldn't have caused any sort of trauma. That couldn't have caused any sort of PTSD. That couldn't have caused any sort of mental health crisis that I continue to struggle with and need therapy for. No, I just need to pray more. I need to get over it because it's a lie from the devil that I have something wrong with me that I want to die. It's all about appearances. We're more willing to accept the narcissist than correct them for their sinful behavior. And we're more willing to take victims of abuse and shame them and treat them like they can't possibly be Christians. They can't possibly have faith because the reason that you have depression isn't because of chemical imbalance in your brain. No, 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 no. It's because you have a faith issue. Over and over again, we're seeing that. We're seeing that in not just conservative churches. We're seeing that in liberal churches. We're seeing that all throughout the church in the United States. It continues to be an issue. Mental health continues to be an issue. There are a lot of seminaries that don't have a single course on psychology. Christian counselors go through an entire counseling process and they don't understand a thing about psychology or what they understand about psychology is extremely outdated. Psychology is a field that continues to grow. It is a thing that continues to be studied. It is the study of the human brain, something that is very hard to understand. Each individual goes through things that we can't possibly fathom and we can't possibly understand. We can't understand why somebody can show up smiling with their hair combed and looking perfectly presentable and perfectly happy, but inside be an absolute wreck. We can't understand that. It's more acceptable to be somebody who's an alcoholic than somebody who suffers from depression. 
Think about that. How many times are we telling alcoholics that what they're experiencing is a faith issue? They just need to pray it away. No. Usually when somebody's an alcoholic, you tell them that they need to seek treatment, they need to seek counseling, and they need to seek ways in order to avoid this thing that has ruined their lives. Somebody has depression, though, and they're just looking for attention, or they have some sort of faith crisis. Somebody has an anxiety disorder because they spent their entire life being told that they're a monster that nobody could possibly love and that in order to be loved and cared for, they have to be absolutely perfect. And then you wonder why people have issues in the church in the United States. Just saying. We're more concerned that somebody is putting on a smile on their face, showing up to church every Sunday, than actually understanding what's happening to somebody else. We're more interested in explaining things away than about actually treating people like people. I had a very dear friend of mine who was going through hell internally. There were things that were happening in their life that were bothering them, torturing them slowly, and they tried to seek help. They sought help from the church. They sought help from mental health. They sought help where they could find it. But they were not helped. People didn't go flocking to them. And they ended up dying. Yet, same church. It continues to have an issue with people who claim that they have depression. That they're struggling with things inside. We're more concerned with having people sitting in the pews every Sunday, having a smile on their face. Looking fine, but internally, they're not. There are things that are acceptable in the church in the United States that honestly I don't understand. Like, for instance, why is it that there isn't any discipleship program where we're encouraging members of the church to find somebody who's younger in the faith or just younger and walk alongside them and learn how to live as a Christian and be a good Christian man and a good Christian woman? There's not a single program about that, but it's perfectly fine to have men's poker night. Seriously? We're more concerned with having potlucks and and having our fellowship meals and our little parties and get-togethers than about having personal discipling relationships. 
Really? The church in the United States has a serious problem. It has a serious problem. It's becoming more and more a social club of people who put on a happy face and pretend for an hour, two hours, three hours that they are living the perfect and acceptable Christian life. But we're not doing anything to actually live out our Christian calling. Aren't we at risk, therefore, of being whitewashed tombs? Aren't we at risk of washing the outside of the bowl when the inside is dirty? When are we going to stop fixating on looks, fixating on the outside appearance, fixated on how the world perceives us and how we are perceived personally, and start focusing on the person, start focusing on their spiritual journey, start focusing on the renewing of the mind and the changing of the heart. When are we going to focus more on making disciples of Jesus Christ? When are we going to start focusing on making people who want to change the world and who want to do it one person at a time? When are we going to stop fixating on the numbers? When are we going to stop fixating on the pews being full and start looking at having somebody's heart full of the Spirit. When are we going to be more concerned about the person than about the amount of people? When are we more concerned with having people who love the Lord truly in their hearts than having people who just look like it, even though they are completely dead inside and they're not doing anything. When are we going to be more concerned about people who go out and spread the gospel and profess the gospel and confess the gospel to the world than people who just profess to be Christians? And not doing anything about it. Maybe the issue isn't the Christian with the podcast and the blog who reads his Bible and enjoys horror movies. Maybe the issue is the person who's sitting in the pew every week, ignoring what you're actually saying, not paying attention and not learning and absorbing what you're teaching about the word of God and applying it to their lives and trying to reach out to the person who is sitting next to them. Maybe the issue isn't the Christian who wants to spread the gospel and have people understand in a way that's absorbable and acceptable. 
Maybe the issue is the person who doesn't understand that the person next to him is a human being and not just somebody that they can get something from. Maybe we should understand that we live in a living and active organism, but an organism that is still steeped in sin and needs Christ applied. When are we going to stop fixating on appearances and start doing what we were told to do? When are we going to stop being concerned about money? When are we going to stop being concerned about politics? When are we going to stop being concerned that somebody looks the part rather than somebody who is actively doing their part? When are we going to start reading and applying our Bibles and when are we going to start caring about the person next to us? When are we going to start caring about the people of Christ who are within the body of Christ than people who make the church look good. When is that going to happen? I leave that to you to decide. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.